Welcome everybody to the Juice Box. This is your host, Coach John Willis. Man, we got a great show planned for you today. Today we're going to have a special guest in our five on this segment. Coach Pat Clark is going to join us. Uh, we're going to talk all things NBA. I can't wait to get right into it. But uh, before we do that, before Coach Clark joins us, I want to spend, send a special shout out to our sponsors, Mo Minutes, the leader in motivational videos, Max Hoops, Convoy Basketball, Dr. Bethany Nutrition. Now that we got the sponsors out of the way, uh, first off, I want to give a shout out, happy birthday shout out to my homeboy, Coach Art Maddox, down at Florida Memorial University. Uh, yesterday was his birthday, so big ups to him. One time for National Sibling Day on yesterday, shout out to all my brothers, Alex, John, and Joe. Uh, they all doing their thing, so that's cool being the baby of three older brothers. Um, I can definitely remember some times growing up when things would get broken around the house and I get blamed for it, you know, so uh, all kind of stories. So I'm going to start the show out by telling you about my first, my favorite story about each one of my brothers. So um, with my brother uh, John, my favorite story with him was uh, I remember going out to football training camp with him and he turned me on to the TRU album with Master P. And uh, man, man, oh man, I remember listening to Swamp, uh, <laughs> listening to Swamp with my brother John, man. That's probably my greatest memory with him. Uh, I was in the seventh grade at the time, so going into the eighth grade, so I thought I was pretty big time, ride with my big brother uh, across town at the football camp to work out. So shout out to my man, John. Uh, my brother, Joseph, my favorite memory of him was uh, playing high school basketball. So I did play one year with him. He was a senior when I was a freshman. And um, Joe had this jump shot he would shoot with one hand. And he swore he was just the greatest ball player ever. And his jump shot was so broke. But that jump used to go in. So, <laughs> so, anyway, so anyway, just remembering playing that season with him. Uh, there at Manor High School. Also, uh, remembering Joe, uh, Thanksgiving, probably like 20, I don't know, 2010, somewhere around there, 2011, we were out skateboarding at the old hill back there behind Kmart. All of my Jacksonville, Florida listeners know what I'm talking about on the north side. And he was coming down the hill on the skateboard, and boy, he fell. <laughs> You talk about something funny, boy. Joe fell down, and I remember him running off the skateboard, talking about, boy, you crazy. Boy, you crazy. Boy, you crazy. He was talking like that uh, about my brother Alex, you know, for, for going downhill. And so, and then lastly, shout out to my big brother Alex, man. Uh, one of my favorite memories with Alex is actually not something that he did, but it's something that um, him, and, him and Marvin – Marvin Brown and myself did. He was playing against Tennessee, okay? And Marvin Brown and I wanted to make Sports Center because Tennessee's a big rival for Florida. And what we did, boy, 
we decided that we were going to outdo my dad. So you got to understand, my dad is like super over the top, like full uniform every time we go to a Gator game. So the only thing he didn't have on was the pants. And thank God he didn't have on the football pants. But he'd have on like a jersey and like wristbands and elbow bands and Nike gloves. (laughs) My daddy would have it all on. It was so bad. But he would have it all on. But anyway, so Marvin and I decided, we're like, man, we're going to outdo Pops this time. And uh, we painted our chest. <laughs> we painted our chest, man. We painted our chest. My brother Alex wore number 80. So there is a photo out there of Marvin Brown and I with uh the number eight and the zero painted on our chest and eight zero on our back. So together we made number 80. But we did that for you, big bro. Shout out to Alex, man. We love you, man. All right, so that's the intro part of the show. So here we go. We're getting ready to bring in our special guest for the day, Coach Patrick Clark, in just a moment. Coach Clark. Coach Clark, what's happening, Jay? Man, what's going on? I got my main man, Coach Pat Clark, live with me in the juice box, man. Coach, go ahead and tell the fans, man, where you are. What you got going down there in Jacksonville? Hey, man, it's Coach Pat Clark, Sandalwood High School girls basketball head coach, uh, also the assistant head football coach, defensive coordinator down to Sandalwood High School in Jacksonville, man. In the air. Happy to be with you guys, man. What's going on? What's good? Good, man. Coach, how was your season this year? How was your basketball season this year? Oh, man, it, you know, my second season, man, you know, your second season is all- season because you know you want to learn from your first one right um you know it was a roller coaster ride as as every season is you know um always tell the girls tell the kids you know every day each game each practice each meeting each walkthrough is an adventure so i'm gonna describe this one as an adventure you know we had some highs a lot of highs a few lows but it was very productive um very very blessed man we were able to you know uh win the Gateway Conference Championship, which which you know and as the people around here know is, is the public school championship of our area. Cool. Um, and also get back to the playoffs for the first time in a while. Um, took a tough loss to to a team who went on to win the state championship game. But, um, you know, our division was really tough, and, and one of three teams from our district could have went on to win the state championship game, and, and a team that we lost to, uh, went on to win it, but uh, it was very productive for us, and uh, looking forward to the future. Cool, awesome, awesome. That's great to hear, man. Congratulations on a good season. So that's good. So, coach, we brought you in, man, and we're gonna talk all things NBA today. So we're gonna start off with the number one debate right now, which is MVP, coach. Tell me, Coach Clark, who you got MVP? You, you know, man, I've been I've been battling with this, you know, for the last month or so, and, and it's tough, man. You know, be- before we get started, coach, you know, I want to ask you guys, what is the what is the MVP? Ooh. Is it the best player in the NBA? Is it the player Ooh. that does the most for his team? Ooh. What is what is the MVP? Oh, you know, coach, I think in pro sports, I don't think it's the most 
I don't think it's the player that adds the most value to his team or her team in pro sports. I think in pro sports, it's usually the best player on the best team is what we've seen in the past. So, um, you know, for example, like Tom Brady being, you know, the MVP this year in NFL. So was he the most valuable player to his team? I don't personally think so. Uh, but that's a great question, you know. So that's a great question. Anybody who's out there listening, feel free to comment um, on the post, man, with your, with your, with your question. That's an awesome question, Coach. And, and you know the reason I ask because I, I'm I'm watching and I'm listening to a lot of people's narratives, and you know a few of these guys are contradicting themselves. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? And, and like I've seen today. <laughs> I've seen today that a, a a guy made a case for LeBron James, which is rightfully so. Okay, um, and I'm gonna throw this out there: LeBron James could easily have been the MVP the last 12 years of of the International Basketball mm. Association by mm. by by production alone. Mm. By production alone. All right, that's just facts, in my opinion. Yes, sir. Okay, um, King Kang James, of course. Um, but here, here's my problem. LeBron James is currently fourth in the Eastern Conference, correct? Correct. And James Harden is currently first in the West. Correct. So if you take the standard of, well, my team is better than so- so-called other team in the East – should he be the MVP alone because of that, because he's on the best team? Or should we say the player that has more production according to what's around him? Mm, that's a good question, Coach. Um, and, here's, and, here's, and here's my main point. Okay. In 2006, in 2006 and in 2007, okay. Steve Nash was on the first and second best team in the Western Conference. Had good numbers, not great. But Kobe Bryant had astounding numbers. Mm. Averaging over 30 points a game, close to five or six assists, close to five, six, seven rebounds. Mm. And they finished, I want to say, fifth or sixth in the Western Conference that year. Right. But the MVP went to Steve Nash, as we all remember. Oh, it did. It really did. And in my opinion, those MVPs, both of those should have went to Kobe Bryant those years. Okay. So I had I've seen a guy say this same guy who debated James Harden should be the MVP because he was in the West. He said LeBron James should be the MVP. Mm. So I'm I'm a, I'm gonna get it to this. As of right now, after going back and forth. LeBron James is the most valuable player in the NBA this year. Because I had to analyze how my my where I stand and how I feel about it. It is it's the most valuable player what he does for his team. If you take LeBron James off of the Cleveland Cavaliers right. and you take James Harden off of the Houston Rockets, right. the Houston Rockets are still a better basketball team than the Cleveland Cavaliers. I like that. I, I can go with that, Coach. I was looking at I was looking at uh some statistics, Coach, and what I came up with 
as you know, this season, James Harden is averaging 30.4 points a game. LeBron James is averaging 27.7. Now, what you might not realize is James Harden has shot 200 more free throws than LeBron James this season. 200. So, I think that James Harden's numbers might be a little bit inflated, Coach, to be honest with you. And LeBron James has played in every game this season. You know, up until this point, he's played in 81 games. James Harden's played in 72. Um, I think also there's something to be said for the roster changes. You know, Isaiah Thomas set out 39 games before only playing for about 10 games and then getting traded away. Kevin Love has been out. You know, the Rockets have had their same rotation consistently all consistently all year long. So I think for LeBron to be putting up these kind of numbers, regardless of who's on the floor with him, I think that's impressive. It's very impressive, Coach. You take into consideration, you know, uh, the coaching situation, uh, mm-hmm. Coach Lou being gone for X amount of days. I mean, you know, the point guard situation. You know, we didn't know who was playing point guard for the Cavs. Was LeBron playing point guard? Was, you know, IT playing point guard when he was healthy? Um, you know, you had George Hill that's coming to the fold. You know, um, you know, a whole bunch of roster situations. Uh, and, and and have it may be, you know, some blame LeBron for that and saying he was the catalyst of this whole trade in, trade out, and fluctuation of the roster. Um and, you know, that, that, that's all, you know, how you feel about the situation. But the fact remains that the guy hasn't played with a consistent lineup the whole season until now. Correct. You know, and, and, and you add all those factors into the fold, the guy still led his team to 50 wins. That's true. And the guy's still putting up unprecedented numbers at 33 years of age in year 15. You know, so when you when you take all that when you take all that into consideration and you add all the ingredients into the gumbo, coach, you know what I'm saying? You as I as I say, when you add all the ingredients into the gumbo, I mean you got you got to give it to LeBron, and that's no knock to the beard because the beard is the beard is is having a phenomenal season, right? Phenomenal, right. you know what I'm saying? And other thing is you got to take in, in into consideration the style of play, right? James Harden advocates a style of play that's going to create situations and opportunities for him to get to the free throw line a little bit more, which brings me to my next debate about how LeBron James gets ref- gets, gets officiated. Mm. Mm. You know, coach, I think he is, he might be the toughest player to actually officiate. I've actually talked to a couple of referees about this same topic. You know, and I feel as though he gets penalized for being as strong as he is. Right, and which I which I am so against on every level of basketball. Um, you know, going down even to the high school level, you see these dominant post players or really athletic bigs, and you hold you hold their dominance against them, and, and you know, coach a foul is a foul. Correct. 
you know, I have a I have a young lady who's very dominant, you know, uh, uh, a post player, you know, a stretch four type player who can go inside and out. And some referees um, officiate her a little different around the city because of how aggressive she plays, mm-hmm. you know. So then I bring it up to the referees before the game and throughout the course of games. I say, look, my girl down there banging, playing hard, you know, you know, she getting beat up down there. And, you know, they give me the narrative of, well, she's more athletic than them. She's stronger than them. You know, so a, 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 a contact on her might not be as visual as contact on somebody else just because of her body type or her athleticism. And I think LeBron James gets done the same way. They hold his his physical prowess and his physical athleticism and his nature almost against him. Right. Yeah, I think that uh, he suffered some of that same stuff that, that Shaq went through uh, during his playing time as well. So I don't think that that's right. You know, I, I agree with you. I think a foul should be a foul, especially if 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 James Harden and Steph Curry, if they can if they can sweep the floor, and rip through and just lift up and it's three free throws, then, you know, I could only imagine what kind of numbers LeBron James would put up if he even shot, you know, another 50 free throws this season, you know. So, like I said, that's a huge number discrepancy being there between 200 free throw attempts, you know, uh, for James Harden as opposed to LeBron James. So, those actual numbers, for those of you who are following along at home, are 727 free throw attempts for James Harden and 128 for LeBron James. Now, right. we're going to keep it moving, Coach, and let me hear what you think, Coach. Oh, what do you think of Tristan Thompson right now, Coach? He's trending in the news for all the wrong reasons. You know, I- you know man, I, I, I just, I just, you know, I spoke about this early on, on, on my Facebook page, man. He, 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 Tristan Thompson is the risk it all champion right now, man. <laughs> he, he, he is the undisputed goat of, of risking it all, man. Cause he, this is his, what is his second encounter with, with the same, with the same type of situation. And, you know, by his body language and, and by he's responding to it, I really don't think he cares that much, man. Right. You know what I'm saying? He's just right. giving off the vibe to me like, you know, it is what it is, and I'm going to do what I'm going to do. You know what I'm saying? And, and and I just – it always seems to find him at the worst times. Right. You know, this is – You know, I agree with you, Coach. I just think that this is really bad timing. I mean, they're getting ready to go into the playoffs, and now, you know, you got this video surfacing of him and – and these other and these other girls, you know. So um, I, I hope he can get it together and play. And then, especially playing with LeBron James, I mean, it seems as though you would be even more careful about you know what you're doing when you're playing with LeBron James because you don't want to get sent out of Cleveland, you know. Right. So and uh, I, and I think and I think it it just intensifies and amplifies that magnifying glass that's already on Cleveland. Correct. You know what I'm saying? Because of a LeBron James. So now you got this extra narrative that's been added into the fray that creates more distraction, which they can't really afford right now. Right. Definitely. You know what I'm saying? Definitely. So, so I, I think that it, you know, from a, from a psychological standpoint, this is all bad. Agreed. So let me ask from a psychological standpoint. So let me ask you this. 
if you're the coach of the Cleveland Cavaliers, if you if you had Coach Lou's spot, how do you handle this situation? Because it's not a it's not a violation of of something on the court or or um or of team policy per se directly. So what what would you say to Tristan Thompson, and then what would you say to your team in the locker room? Well, you know, being that it's the second case, you know, I'm gonna have to. I'm going to have to pull the player in, you know, and, and address him one-on-one. And, and, you know, after assessing all the facts and, every, you know, getting everything ironed out, you know, you got to get a feel for where he's at psychologically, where he's at mentally. And, and you have to look back at the last time this happened and say, okay, the last time this happened, how did it affect him and how did it affect the team? And after I, after I you know, take all that into consideration, I'm I'm probably going to, I'm probably going to meet with the LeBron James and see how he feels about it and see if he's, if he's in the right state and he thinks that Tristan is in the right state to, you know, what's off the court, stay off the court, then we're going to go to work and we're going to get ready to make this playoff run as is. But if I'm, if I'm sensing any type of psychological or mental damage where this is affecting play on the court, then he has to sit, coach. He has to sit. If anything is devising the locker room, or, or affecting team chemistry because of outside influences, then we have to go with the next man up. And um, you know, Tristan's been through that. Been through that. You know, he 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 knows. Um, but honestly, coach, I don't think it's going to affect on the court. To be honest with you, you know, this is something that I think, I think, like I said, man, just judging from his body language and how he's, you know, responding and approaching the situation, I just think this is in his character, and this is just something that. He's just become accustomed to doing. <laughs> I mean, I just don't sense any, any, any. You know, I see him being real nonchalant how he's handling handling this situation. Right. And, and if and if I'm Coach Lou, and if I'm LeBron, I, I'm saying, hey, look, man, you 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 take care of your your business off the court. I know it's all over social media, and you're getting getting hit with it from every different angle. But look, man, you know, we're in the playoffs now. We're on a championship run. Let's take care of our business. You know, if you need any support or anything like that, we take care of that, you know, off the court. Right. Yeah. You know, I, if I was in Coach Lou's seat right now, I would uh, I would definitely pull, you know, pull him in and meet with him and meet with the leaders of the team as well. Mm-hmm. And because I think the state of the team, you know, is more important. Now, I've heard of uh, pro athletes saying that they turn social media off and step away from it completely. In the playoffs now, when you and I were playing, social media wasn't as big of a thing, you know. So, um, but I can just imagine, you know, maybe they have a, maybe that's, maybe that's the move, you know. As a team, you say, hey, you know, we're gonna all get off of Instagram, Twitter, and all that, and you know, right, we're gonna shut off the noise. We're gonna shut off the noise. Right, right. So I think, I think that might be the best move. So now, next thing, coach, who is your rookie of the year? Ah, this is tough, man. You know, this is this is this is another one where you gotta take in some take in some factors and some variables and and you know I I love Ben Simmons, man. I love his progress. I love what, what he's done, especially in the second stretch of the season. But you gotta take into consideration this man is playing with an all star as well. That's true. You know who, where that can take some of the load off of him, man, and 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 you know 
relieve some of that pressure from him. You know, and I know Joel Embiid has been been hurt these last couple couple weeks or so, but through the majority of the season, he's had a, a outlet and he's had a, a, another option where he can just play off of him. You know, so some of that pressure wasn't on him, and that that's not discrediting discrediting what he's done. But at the same time, I, I don't know if you can name all five of the Utah Jazz's starting five right now without a little bit of help. <laughs> Coach, I can't. But you know what, Coach? What's surprising to me is I was looking at Ben Simmons' numbers, Coach, and he is right at 15 points, eight rebounds, eight assists a game. And, Coach, he has one three-point attempt all season which is amazing which is astounding i mean because people like you know he's not going to shoot the three and he still manages to pull 15 points a night so i think um i don't know coach i know he's playing with another with another uh all-star but i think he also has the presence of mind to get him the the basketball essentially Mm -hmm. And, and he's efficient with the ball as well you know so I, I think Ben Simmons is my MVP, uh, personally. I think he's my MVP uh, in comparison to uh, Donovan Mitchell. And, and Mitchell's having a great year now. You can't take anything away from him. But uh, but I think that Ben Simmons is my MVP, Coach. So before we get out of here, Coach, well, I'm going to ask you, man, tell me, about, tell me about Coach Clark on the spades table. I got <laughs> I got it here, Coach. I see all your posts all the time, man. So we got we got to get on the table, man. But tell tell the world what they need to know about Coach Clark on the stage, Coach. Hey, man, you, I, I I compare it to myself on the sideline, man. It's all business. All business. It's all business, man. You know, it's it's being from where we're from. You know, Jacksonville, Florida. You know, down. You know. You know, deep in the South, man, spades is like a pastime, man. Right. You know, and, you know, when you grew up down here, um, it, it becomes real competitive. And, and, you know, being being former athletes like ourselves, you you real competitive at the table. Um, and, and I'm real competitive, man. I take a lot of pride in my spade game. <laughs> and, 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 you know. It's it's something that you know I consider consider a second love, man. You know, so um, I, I love to play, man. And, and sometimes if 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 you don't have a, a, a athletic bone in your body, you wouldn't understand the competitiveness. <laughs> For sure, you know what I'm saying. I, so I you know, you. a lot of trash talking, but it's 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 all out of love, man. You know, and, and, and you know we like to get it in, man. So you know, one of these days we have to, you know get down a little bit and get on the table. I always say spades is one of the best ways you can get to know somebody. Right. On that table. That's right. You know what I'm saying? You can learn how competitive they are. Right. How attentive they are, how much their attention to detail. Right. You know, you get to, you get to learn their character. You gotcha. know, I'm a big I'm a big character guy and gotcha. I think that's I think that spade game is a one is is a good way to reveal, you know, the character about a person. Gotcha. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, that's 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 another perspective I I give on that, man. So, you know, um like I said, I love to play, man. Anytime anybody want to get on the game, uh, uh, a spades, man, they know how to find me, man. Cool. You know, coach coach Pat 904 is the Instagram. Excuse me, coach Clark 904 is the Instagram. Coach Pat 904 is the Twitter. Facebook, Patrick Clark. You know, that's how you can find me. Cool, cool. Coach, last question we got for you. 
Um, Coach, what's your favorite thing to barbecue, Coach? <laughs> oh man, I'm. I, you know, I got. I got to go with them ribs, man. I got to go with them ribs. Okay. Uh, okay. You know. Okay. Got. 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 Got to. Got to have them falling off that bone, man. That's you know good. what I'm saying? So, uh, trying to, you know, the way this weather working down here, man, you don't know if it's going to be hot or cold. Man, I'm, you know, I don't know what's going on. As soon as that weather get right, man, we're going to get that grill back cranked up and we're going to get out there, man, have us a good time for these playoffs, man. It's the perfect time for that. Cool. Excellent. All right, man. Well, I appreciate you joining us, man, on the show today, man. So, y'all follow Coach Clark. Uh, we appreciate him coming to visit us, man. And so I'm going to get with you, man. Next time I get in town, we'll get together, get on the grill, get on the space table, man. All good, man. Appreciate you for having me on. All right, Coach. All right. We want to thank Coach Pat Clark for joining us today. Uh, now we have our motivational minute. Today I want you to think about scars and the concept of celebrating your scars. Oftentimes we look at our scars and we try and hide them in shame. Uh, for example, I tore my Achilles in 2011 and for a long time I would wear high socks because I didn't want people looking at my scar or seeing that something was wrong with my leg. But now I've had a change of heart and now I celebrate my scar because the scar shows that you've been wounded and you've been injured at some time previously. And you chose to go in a different direction and get healed up and now you're back standing tall. So when you catch me in practice, I got music playing, I'm jumping around, I'm spinning, I'm having a great time. Anytime that I can dance, I'm dancing. Why? Because I spent four months in a wheelchair. So I know what it's like to not be able to move like that. So the empowerment, the encouragement, and the challenge to you today is to celebrate your scars. No matter what they are, be they physical, mental, or emotional, you should celebrate them because that means that something happened to you and you survived. And the fact that you survived is a reason to celebrate. Thank you, everybody, for listening to the Juice Box. We'll be back this weekend where we'll be broadcasting live from Spokane, Washington. We'll have a special guest. Coach Brent Miner will be joining us for that segment. So we're looking forward to that. Grace and peace to you all. Kai, I love you, buddy. Hey, James, take me home. <laughs>